Welcome back to another episode of What's Up Prof. Hello, Walter. Good day, young friend. How are you doing today? Ah, I'm doing very well, actually. I'm Still glad. going strong. Yeah. In spite of everything that's happening in the world. Because we have a outlook from where we're going and where we're heading. Okay. Let's open with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us again together so that we can discuss important events. Can you please bless us and also enlighten our minds? In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Martin, when we get to heaven one day, how long will it take before we get a glimmer of understanding as to what this great controversy was all about? I think it's going to take a few years. How about a thousand yeah, <laughs> <laughs> could take a thousand years, yes. right? And uh, the thing is so deep, and the rabbit hole mm. is so incredibly steep on a downward trend all the way down that it'll be impossible to unravel it all until we have vision that isn't through a glass darkly. Yes. So today we want to talk about quite a few issues and some people will again think conspiratorial. <laughs> I love that word, don't yeah. they? Yes, I see it in all the government documents now as well Yes, as they are being proclaimed through the media. So let us talk about some of the issues and let's make it quite plain. We do not know all the answers. We are not sages, no. but uh, there certainly are very many interesting things going on in the world. And when you look at the, the legal aspects and the religious aspects and all of these, there is such a complicated network that has been strung together that it will take a thousand years yeah. to just try to unravel it. So by no means are we going to uh, say that we have nailed it now, mm -mm. but we just want to chat and conjecture and give our anti-conspiracy people something to talk about. And we have to keep them happy too, <laughs> right? <So. laughs> yes, because what else are they going to do? Yeah, what else are they going to do? Yes, so we have to give them something to chew on. But even if it is not so, or even if it is so, it's interesting to talk about these things. So today we're going to talk about the Great Reset, a long time coming. And what is a long time? Mm -hmm. Is it a year? Is it two years? Is it 10 years? Is it uh, maybe <laughs> 100 years? Is it a thousand, millennium? Yeah. Is it, is it uh, six millennia? Uh, we, we won't go any further than that. <laughs> so... Yes, let's talk about some of the issues. And uh, I don't know how long it's going to take, but uh, if it takes too long, we'll split it. If it doesn't, then fine. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll just uh, leave it where it is. So let's start with a few questions. Galatians chapter 4.16 says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? That's such an interesting Statement there yeah, by Paul, yeah. eh? <laughs> so, so as if to say, 
So you don't like what I'm saying to you, so now I'm your enemy. Yes, mm. but what if it's the truth, right? Exactly. Uh, are we so afraid of truth or are we so indoctrinated that we cannot think outside the box? So let's invite everyone to sit back, uh, relax a little bit and just speculate mm. because, you know, life is more than just what you see in black and white, right? Exactly. Yes, there are shades of grey yes, too, right? Yes. Let's go into the shades of grey. Now, here's a very interesting verse in the Bible, or a little story in the Bible. Matthew chapter 17 from verse 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Does not thy master pay tribute? So this has to do with tax, right? Mm. He says, yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him. That's a very interesting, interesting thing there. So uh, Peter was convinced one way. Yeah. And Jesus said, uh, it's, it's not quite like that, yeah. my friend. Let me just enlighten you a little bit. Saying, what thinkest thou, Simon? And, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to ask some questions. What thinkest thou? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, is it like this or is, is it, it like, like that? You know, just what do you nudge think? you in a direction, but not being dogmatic about yeah. it. So Jesus does the same thing. And he says, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Hmm. And Peter said unto him, Of strangers? And Jesus said unto him, Then are the children free. That is a fascinating statement, right? Yes. So let's just stop it right there. So according to the scripture and according to the ancient custom, which was absolutely actually in harmony mm -hmm. with scripture, because the scripture says, I may not take tribute or usury, from a brother, right? Yes. So these, these tributes were paid by strangers or conquered nations. Mm -hmm. But the, the citizens were free, free. men. Mm -hmm. We have an interesting group of people in the world that call themselves free masons. Masons. But leave that. <laughs> uh, let's not go there. All right, so then the children are free. Is it still like that today, or does everybody pay tax? Do you pay tax in your country? Yes. Yes. Now, if you go against that system, you get into big trouble. Mm -hmm. And there have been evangelists who have tried to make the point, according to these verses, <laughs> that you don't have to, and they ended up in jail, right? Yes. Okay, so let's be very careful how we do this. This is just a, a friendly discussion. Mm -hmm. So then the children are free. So a free child or free man is not compelled to pay any of these things. Mm. But then Jesus has this fascinating word, notwithstanding, in spite of that, yeah. in spite of the fact that you are free, lest we should offend them. Go thee to the sea, and cast the hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, 
that take and give unto them for me and thee. Now we've mentioned this verse before, but it's, it's nice to go a little bit deeper. So who actually paid the tribute here now? Jesus. Jesus paid the mm. tribute. Did he have to? No. No. But notwithstanding the fact that he didn't have to, he did. He did. Why? So that not to offend. So that they wouldn't be offended. So uh, the IRS or your government, would they be offended if you didn't pay taxes? Yeah. Exceedingly <laughs> so. so <laughs> lest they be offended, <laughs> let's pay them their taxes. Yes. Who's going to enable you to pay those taxes? Jesus. God. He gives God. you the ability to work. He gives you all of these abilities. So notwithstanding that it is not lawful, mm -hmm. yes. he's going to do it. But it's legal mm. because they've made it legal. Now there's a difference between lawful and legal. You'll have to explain <laughs> that for us. In yes, we'll have to explain that. There's a difference between legal. Everything that is legal is not necessarily lawful. So how does that work? If you define something as legal and people swallow it, well, then you have set the precedent and the situation stands. Now, a question. We said we were going to ask some questions. Um, does Satan love God's law? No. He hates it, right? Yes. With a passion. Mm. Would he try to undermine mm -hmm. the law? Yeah. Yes. Now, something like that can be pretty blatant and pretty obvious. So how about if you do something that's legal but not lawful? Mm -hmm. Then it will appear as, as if, if you, you are mm -hmm. in harmony with the law when in fact you are against the law. Against the law. Can you do that on a religious level? Yes. Can you have an appearance of godliness denying the power thereof? Yes. All right. So that's his religion. Mm. That's exactly. That's, that's Satan's religion. religion. And that's Satan's economy. Yeah, Satan's religion is it appears legal. Legal. But it's not lawful. But it's not lawful. That's his religion. And that is how he operates. Mm. So everything has to appear to be in harmony yeah. and correct, but in actual fact, it's a lie. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay, now that we've said that, and I'm not saying to you people, don't pay your taxes. No. I'm it's not saying that at all. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> On the notwithstanding the fact exactly. <laughs> that it is not lawful but legal, pay your taxes lest they be offended and lest they put you in jail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now having gotten that off our back, let's continue. There are a couple of role players at the end of time. Mm. Revelation chapter 13, let's go just through some verses. And the beast, which I saw, was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of the lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Okay, now this beast has always been identified as the Roman Catholic yes. system, mm -hmm. which in fact got its power from the dragon. Yes, Satan. In a physical sense, it was Rome, because the symbol of Rome is the dragon. Oh. If you go to any yeah. Roman bridge, yeah. you'll have the dragon there. Yes. 
all right, as a symbol. So Rome gave him his power, but the dragon really is also, according to Revelation chapter 12, Satan. Mm -hmm. So just like the, the prince of Persia, and he's the one behind the power, right? Yes. Okay. So you, we know who the beast is, and we know that he has Greek components, mm -hmm. leopard components, that he has Medo-Persian components, and that he has the mouth of a lion, he has Babylonian components. And Revelation 13 verse 4 says, they worship the dragon, which is Satan, mm -hmm. which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? So, the dragon is the one that works through the system. And basically, you can say they are like father and son. Mm -hmm. Now, this beast system is the false son. Yes. Everybody has to bow down and worship him. Yes. He is a god on earth. Yes. He is the mediator, Correct. whereas Christ is the yes. mediator. He forgives your sins, mm -hmm. whereas only God can forgive mm -hmm. your sins, and Christ forgave sins. He said, your sins are forgiven, didn't yes. he? So he's taking all the prerogatives of Christ upon himself. Mm -hmm. Then he had a mortal wound. Jesus had a mortal wound. Mm -hmm. In 1929, he had a resurrection because the wound was restored. He got his kingdom back, the yes. Vatican, right? So he's playing the role of the false son. Now there's a third component to Babylon, which is the false, false prophet, prophet, which is then the false Holy Spirit. Exactly. Right? Revelation 13 verse 12 says, And he, the second beast now, mm. the one with the lamb-like horns that we haven't got on the screen here, mm -hmm. exercises all the power of the first beast before him. So he becomes prescriptive in terms of legal issues in terms of moral issues, moral issues mm. ecclesiastical mm -hmm. issues. So he becomes a power like the first beast, mm. which not only dictated the law to kings, mm -hmm. because the divine sword stood higher than and the secular yes. sword, right? But he also dictated morality and ecclesiastics. Okay, mm. So the second beast will do the same. That's the time we are living in now. And he, the second beast, will force the world and everyone dwelling on it to worship the first beast, mm -hmm. to pay it homage. Now, how do you pay someone homage? By obeying him. Yeah, honoring what he dictates. Okay, so when he says to you what you must do and you do it, you are paying him homage. Mm -hmm. And if he says you must do A and God says you must do B, if you do A, you are worshipping the first beast. Correct. Right? Or you're worshipping the beast. Yeah. Okay. Whose deadly wound was healed. Now, the deadly wound took away the secular power of the Roman Catholic Church mm -hmm. and he also had no power over his separated children. But this system, according to the Bible, say, I will not suffer loss of children. Mm -hmm. My children will return to me. And so she started the ecumenical council to herd the children back yes. into the fold. And this year, 2021, mm -hmm. is going to be a very special ecumenical year because they will commemorate in this year the excommunication of Martin Luther 
and then reconcile and uh, the children will be happily back in the fold having signed the joint declaration on oh, justification mm. which is not a justification declaration at all but a council of trent declaration so finely worded that uh, even the protestants are willing to overlook the flaws yes okay so we've established that so we're going to see a resurrection of the first beast mm. and we're going to see it come back into power mm -hmm. and uh, that will happen with uh, stealth and with deceit and with lies so that humanity can be fooled into giving up the truth and accepting the lie and it will seem lawful it will seem legal Ah, legal Sorry, I'm still getting that one right. <laughs> it will be legal. It will be. It will be, it will legal, be legal, but, but it, it won't be, be lawful. lawful. We have to get into that, right? <laughs> Revelation chapter 13 tells us how they will do this, by deceit. Mm. The Bible says so. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Like you said earlier, the only way you can um, like, ma make it seem legal if you have the law is to have deceit because otherwise you have to have deceit because otherwise you'll see the law as the right one you have to have the seat of power and you have to worship the beast so it must seem lawful but it's actually not lawful it's only legal yeah and the only way that you can get away with that is with deceit yes all right so he deceives them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they shall make an image to the beast which had the wound by the by a sword and did live all right so the second system will be like the first it will be an image it will appear to be the same thing church and state dictating morality and governmental issues and economics Verse 15 says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Bottom line, if you don't go along with the system, you have no right to exist. You either obey or you're toast. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what it says in simple language. Would be killed. So let's jump to Revelation 17, verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. So these powers, ten horns, always reminds us of the Roman Empire that was divided into ten, whether this is now the regional ten regions of the world or whether this refers to that central core of what remains of the Roman Empire uh, they had severed all relations with the beast and became secular powers independent of Rome mm. but now it says that they will receive power as kings one hour with the beast so there's going to be an alliance Mm -hmm. They're going to form an alliance. Yep. So the political entities will form an alliance with Rome. Correct. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. So we have to look, is there any movement in that direction? And then 
it says in verse 13, and they have one mind. In other words, they've drunken of the wine of Babylon. They've become indoctrinated to believe that that which Rome says is legal is also lawful, who in fact it's not lawful, it's only legal. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So all these powers yep. will give their power unto the beast, and the one that plays a very prominent role is the United States of America, the second beast of Revelation chapter 13. Yes. And they have one mind. They have adopted the mindset of the first beast. Yes. That's what the Bible says will happen. And that's what we're going to look at. Now, how do you achieve this? Because the Reformation totally destroyed that system. Mm -hmm. And it was like Humpty Dumpty that had fallen off the wall and all the king's men and all the king's horsemen and everybody couldn't put Humpty together again. But they've been working with some super glue. Yeah, because they did get it back together again. They got Humpty back together <laughs> again. Yeah. So how did they how did they do this? It must be by deception. Yes. Because the Bible says you were deceived. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have to think about all of these things. Yeah, and and if you think of Matthew, <coughs> what Jesus when they said, What would be the sign of your coming and all of this, the first thing he said is Careful. Be careful, lest you be deceived. Yes. Now, it always fascinates me that uh, the religious leaders of the world don't see the deception. And as soon as you try and tell them there's a deception, they climb on the conspiracy, conspiracy. bandwagon. Just like all these speeches that we've been hearing lately over the news always seem to push that button, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come to think of it, then they can just as well say, what we've just read of Revelation is conspiratorial. Absolutely. It's not. The Bible is not conspiratorial. The Bible is the Word of God. Revelation chapter 18, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but uh, we've done it many, many times, but just for clarity's sake for this discussion. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lighted with his glory and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That's not a good description of the spiritual <laughs> condition yeah. of the church, right? Yeah. For all nations, how many nations? All. Have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So they've come into harmony with her mindset. They have one mind, right? Mm -hmm. And who is of one mind? The kings of the earth mm -hmm. have committed fornication with her. The leaders. The leaders. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So there is the economy involved? Yes. And uh, the political systems yes. involved? The yes. And they are in harmony with whom? The beast. The beast. The big businesses. This is part of the loud cry message of Revelation chapter 18. So if we can see that there is an alliance between the kings and the merchants with the beasts, mm -hmm. then alarm bells should be ringing, right? Correct. I'm so stunned 
that we don't hear the alarm bells from the hierarchies of the world's churches. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. Have nothing to do with this system. This nothing. All right. Now, Martin, if this is so, is this a minority that is going along with the beast, or is this a majority? Well, it says all nations have drunk, so this is a majority. Aha. So when you hear a majority rhetoric, Mm -hmm. should you say, wow, this is the truth because it's coming from the majority, or should you investigate, investigate. very closely? Investigate very closely. You sure? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when the mainstream runs with something, you must be wary. You must be wary. There could be something wrong with it, right? I've been listening to a couple of really wonderful speeches, some of them more than an hour long, and you're wondering who is the author of that speech, because that same speech will be on other airwaves in other countries as well, yeah. <laughs> with a word tweaked here and a word tweaked there. But you know, anything contrary to it is conspiratorial. Yeah. Right. Verse eight says, "Therefore shall her plagues come in one day: death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burnt with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her." Do you think it's worthwhile warning the world for such a judgment to come? Yeah. Or against such a judgment to come? Definitely. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her are most of them quite wealthy. Yep. Uh, do we have a couple of millionaires, billionaires, who are now ruling in, in world empires? Mm-hmm. They shall bewail her and lament her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over their system. Is it going to be destroyed? Yes. So if they are working together with Rome mm -hmm. in order to set up their system, it is a system built on sand. It's going to be destroyed. Yep. So would it be wise to learn this lesson before the destruction or would it be better to learn it after the destruction? After you're going to be wailing with them. You're going to be wailing. All right. So, so this is not, not mean-spirited to right. expose these things. It is an attempt to make people aware of where we're standing in the stream of time. Yeah, right? and it's a call. It's a call. Now here's an interesting statement that comes from uh, Spirit of Prophecy, Volume 4. And it says, The aim of the great rebel has ever been to justify himself and to prove the divine government responsible for the rebellion. Master of reversal, right? He twists everything around. Exactly. To this end, he has bent all the powers of his giant intellect. Are we dealing with uh, a fool here or with a giant intellect? A giant intellect. Giant intellect. Mm -hmm. He has worked deliberately and systematically and with marvelous success leading 
vast multitudes to accept his version of the great controversy which has been so long in progress. Okay, let's think about that. So if everything looks disjointed and chaotic, does that sound like deliberate, systematic, marvelous success? No. So the chaos must be planned. Correct. And the order that he wants to achieve out of that chaos must also be planned. Yes, and that is what will look marvelous and and magnificent. magnificent. Now let's continue. For thousands of years, this chief of conspiracy has palmed off falsehood for truth. Uh, my question to you, Martin, if this statement happens to be true, mm. is there a conspiracy? Yes. So anyone who denies that there is a conspiracy and is constantly complaining about people talking about conspiracy, whose side are they on? On the conspirator side. The, so the on the devil side, side of the great rebel, right? Yes. The one that brings in this controversy. Okay, so the initiator. Yeah. So perhaps we should just tell our brethren to please mind their P's and Q's when they accuse people too rapidly of being conspiratorial because they might just be standing on the side of the great rebel. Because here it says, this chief of conspiracy has palmed off falsehood for truth. And then it, in the context of what happens in the final restoration, it says he will be exposed. Mm. And he will be become the object of universal abhorrence right at the end. Right. When it's too late yes. for everyone. When everyone has been wailing. So is there a conspiracy? Definitely. Yes, there is a conspiracy. Does the Bible say there is a conspiracy? Yes. Does this confirm there is a conspiracy? Yes. Yes. And are we being palmed off with falsehood rather than truth? Yes. Yes. Here's another interesting statement. Under the leadership of Satan, there are men who today are doing all in their power to plunge the world into commercial strife. This is the economy, not, not the religion. Yeah. So we're going to have religious turmoil mm -hmm. and we're going to have commercial turmoil. Economic. So can we expect commercial turmoil? Yes. Does the Bible say that? Didn't we just read it in Revelation chapter 18? Yep. So this is perfectly in harmony with the Bible, right? Thus Satan is trying to bring about a condition of things that will make the world uncivilized. We haven't seen anything like that in the news <laughs> lately, right? Yeah. He desires to see strange things acted out which God, who is too wise to err, has not ordained. But the Lord, yes, our God, will be ruler of heaven and earth. If men and women will carry out his requirements, it will be seen that he is ruler, carrying out his divine will. So when we see the chaos, God is permitting it. Mm -hmm. Why? To expose this great enemy. Correct. He's giving him enough rope. Yes. To hang, hang himself. himself yeah. But unfortunately, people believe that they can cling to that rope. Mm. So, all right, there will be commercial strife. Can we expect economic turmoil? Yes, definitely. 
Now, here's another statement which will upset many people. And perhaps one should read it in the entire context, but it'll be very long. So we'll just leave it as it is and try and explain what the context is. It was not the purpose of God that poverty should ever leave the world. So is God the author of poverty then? No. No. Satan is the author of poverty, Yes. but God permitted it, mm. and God said, okay, let's leave it at that because people can learn lessons from that. Mm -hmm. So if you are super selfish and super rich, then you are not doing the will of God because that's what God says. You must take care of the widows and the orphans and you must be uh, kind. And if your brother is hungry, you must give him something to eat. So it brings up benevolence, or it should bring out yes. benevolence, right? On the other hand, if you are poor, should you carry uh, a grudge and go onto the bandwagons or whatever? So there are lessons to be learned on both sides. The ranks of society were never to be equalized, for the diversity of conditions which characterizes our race is one of the means by which God has designed to prove and develop character. Many have urged with great enthusiasm that all men should have an equal share in the temporal blessings of God. Let's stop there. Is there a move to equalize everything? Yep. To level the playing field. Yes. Who's behind that movement? The Roman Catholic Church. Okay. According to the statement, is it in the order of God or is it not? No. Okay. So Catholic social doctrine says we need to level the playing mm -hmm. fields and everybody should have a universal income mm. and possess nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. But this was not the purpose of the Creator. Simple. Christ has said that we shall have the poor always with us. The poor, as well as the rich, are the purchase of his blood. And amongst his professed followers, in most cases, the former serve him with singleness of purpose, that's the poor, mm -hmm. while the latter are constantly fastening their affections on their earthly treasures, and Christ is forgotten. So God could have prevented that by saying, okay, let's make everybody equal. Yes. But would you develop character then? No. The cares of this life and the greed for riches eclipse the glory of the eternal world. It would be the greatest misfortune that has ever befallen mankind if all were to be placed upon an equality in worldly possessions. That is the exact opposite mm -hmm. of what they are planning in the world today yeah, and which is part of the Great Reset. Yes. This is the exact opposite. Inclusive capitalism. You've coined the phrase, or no, you have quoted the coined phrase, yeah. inclusive capitalism. Fascinating. All right. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. We were talking in the beginning about legal and lawful, and uh, legal language. How can something appear so lawful when it is not and yet it is legal yes doesn't make any sense unless unless you dig and and try and you know get to the root of the matter now there are some interesting uh, web pages that we you could 
look at. Here's one, www.letgodbetrue.com, Bible, Scripture, etc. And the heading is, Do we need thee and thou, thy and thine in the Bible? Mm. Now the new translations say, no, let's do away with that, that's archaic, right? We've discussed this before, but for the sake of completeness, let's just look yeah. at it. It says in the Bible in Nehemiah 8 verse 8, So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So how must you read your Bible? Carefully, right? Exactly. Meticulously. So you look at the law of God distinctly. You have to find out what the sense mm -hmm. is and you must understand what you are reading. Yeah. It's very important. Then it says in Proverbs 35 and 6, Every word of God is pure. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Don't change God's words. Don't take things out. Don't add things. That's a very important thing. Yeah. Now, when you look at uh, the received text, and it's so thick, and you look at the modern ones, and the words have been reduced, then you wonder. This is one thing I would like to mention here, because now that we're on this point, in the previous WhatsApp prof, you did the one about the Nephilim. Yes. And just there, to see the problems that New Translations has caused, just on that point, because in all the new translations, they say that the heavenly beings had relations, relations with the woman of uh, exactly, of the and it doesn't universe. say that in the original. in the King James. So, based on the, the new translations, you uh, people say this all the all the time. So I, I just had a question. I mean, we're way off topic now, yeah, but nevertheless, I just had a question yesterday by someone who was complaining bitterly and saying that Cain was because Eve had relations with the devil. Yeah. But the Bible clearly says, and Adam knew his wife and she bore Cain. Yeah. It was the son of Adam. So all of these confusions come when you change God's word. Correct. This verse, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, Luke chapter 4, verse 4. So we have to be very meticulous. Now, the devil wants to be like the Most High, so he's very meticulous. And he uses his giant intellect to confuse the issue. Mm. Because he wants to blame God, and he wants people to see it in his light. So he wants things to be legal, but not lawful, yes. because he hates God's law. So if you love the words of God, this author writes, please take a few minutes to delight in his precision and accuracy in giving you the Holy Scripture in the English language. The blessed God promised to preserve his word, Psalms 12, 6-7, if the Lord Jesus Christ was concerned about every jot, smallest Hebrew letter and tittle, Hebrew Mark, then surely he was concerned about the pronouns he chose for the Bible, Matthew 5, 18. Mm -hmm. 
There is a Bible version far more accurate than any others, and it requires these and those, yet it is these archaic words that are the most popular reason for modern Bible versions. Take it out, right? Mm. We've discussed this before, yeah. but we're, we're talking about the we Great Reset. We're, we've got a, a long introduction here. Give you an example of how a comma can mm. make a difference. This man said the judge is a fool. Who's the fool here? The judge. Aha. Uh -huh. Or this sentence here. A woman without her man would be a savage. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous <laughs> sentence. Yes. Now consider the same sentence with punctuations. This man, comma, said the judge, is a fool. Mm. Who is now the fool? This man. This man. A woman, hyphen, without her, man would be a savage. Yeah. So now man is a savage. We'll All stick right. with that last one. Okay, so <laughs> does punctuation make a difference? Definitely. Okay. And if you put the punctuation in the wrong place, could that cause a problem? Yes. Yes. So legal documents don't have punctuation if they are high court legal docu mm. documents. You have to determine from the context mm. who the parties are that are being referred to. No commas. So let's take the classic example in the Bible. Jesus says on that particular day, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, today you will be with me in heaven. Hmm. Now, if that comma is there, Verily, I say unto you, comma, today you will be with me in heaven, then that day you will be with him yes. in heaven. But at the resurrection, he tells Mary, I have not yet been to heaven. So mm -hmm. he couldn't have been there, right? So if the comma is in that place, then you have a problem. But whereas if the comma was in another place, and it's a verily, verily I say unto you today, comma, you will be with me in heaven, yeah. then it doesn't have to be that day. Mm. So the comma is important. So if you leave the comma out completely, then both are a possibility. Yes. So now you read context. Now you have to take the context, and he said, I have not yet been to heaven, then you know where the comma should go, exactly. right? Exactly. But if there has been a presupposition and someone put the comma in, people will become confused, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So legal documents normally don't have a comma. And they have to be, they use archaic language so that you know whether you're talking to a singular person or to a plural person. Now, what has this got to do with the Great Reset? Everything. Mm. Because according to what we've studied, everything is a lie. The great deceiver has used his great intellect yes. to make everybody believe that you have to go along with the morality of the beast. Mm. So how do we do that? You can't just turn it upside down. Okay, now here is a document. Memorandum of Law on the Name. And many people are involved in diligent research concerning the use of all capital letters for proper names. For example, John Paul Jones in capital letters. Now, this is very interesting. And we don't have to go into all the details. But basically, 
Every language has very specific rules and regulations as to their use. Mm. And your name is normally written with your first letter capitalized and the rest in lowercase. Mm. So I would be capital W, lowercase Alter, which mm. makes Walter, and then a capital V, and the rest would be in lowercase, and that would be the way in which you spell it. Now, if you change it, it has a different meaning, mm. totally different meaning. Uh, if you even today, if you use capitals in a, a text message, you're screaming. Screaming, yeah. Yes, it, it has a different connotation. So, what legal reason do they have for changing it? They've actually created another entity. But we'll get it to that. So, grammar rules, the experts, they all admit that uh, there is no grammatical reason why you should change mm. a name like this. And this person writes, law is extremely precise. Every letter, capitalization, punctuation mark, etc. in a legal document is utilized for a specific reason and has legal, that is deadly force, consequences. If, for instance, one attempts to file articles of incorporation in the office of a secretary of the state of a state, it is the exact title of the corporation down to every jot and tittle. If it's not exactly the same, each and every time the corporation is referenced in the documents to be filed, the secretary of state will refuse to file the papers. It has to be precise. This is because each time the name of the corporation is referenced, it must be set forth identically in order to express the same legal entity. The tiniest difference in the name of the corporation identifies an entirely different legal person. Now, it's interesting that they use the word person. We've discussed that before. Persona. Mm -hmm which means a sound. Sona is a sound. That's where you get the word sonic so, and all yeah. of that. We've discussed that before as well. But it also means a mask. So when you are putting on a mask, you are actually representing someone else. It's not you. You have become someone else. Now it's interesting that the government at your birth has already created another persona mm -hmm. who is not you who is not the free man, but the bond man. Yeah. Okay, now the Bible, we saw that in the beginning. We discussed this. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting a little bit uh, deeper, yeah, yeah. deeper into it. And uh, I hope I'm not boring you. No, I love this. Okay, <laughs> so there is a persona, mm -hmm. and the sauna is an entity who is really someone else, a straw man, yeah. and he has a mask on. So by wearing a mask, you are already implying mm. that you are not who you are. Uh, uh, let's not talk about viruses <laughs> yet. This is just purely is the yet, way yeah. it is. So if an actor acts the role and he has a mask on, he is presenting someone, someone else. else. Correct. Right? Okay. So the tiniest difference makes a massive difference. It is therefore an 
eminently valid and possibly crucial question as to why governments, governmental courts and agencies purporting to exist in some unidentified, unproved manner within the jurisdiction of this state insist on always capitalizing every letter in a proper name. And then you have all the grammar here and you have all the legal language and what English grammar reference books say and they all support this idea. We're not going to go through all of this. People can look at it for themselves. It's a fascinating document and US government style and manual and everything is hidden here in legal language. Now, what is the purpose of all of this? Now, there's something in the law which is called legal fiction. Mm. Have you heard of legal fiction? No. Okay. So, the real life dictionary of the law, the authors of the real life dictionary of the law, Gerald and Kathleen Hill, are accomplished scholars and writings, and Gerald Hill is an experienced attorney, judge, law instructor, and here's how the term legal fiction is described. It is a presumption of fact assumed by a court for convenience. Consistency, orto, archive, justice, that is an old adage. Fictions arise from the law and not law from fictions. Still confusing, right? Yes. Let's get another definition. Here is Oran's Dictionary of the Law. A legal fiction is an assumption that something that is or may be false or non-existent is true or real. That's a legal fiction. So something that doesn't exist actually exists. Mm. Legal fictions are assumed or invented to help do justice. For example, bringing a lawsuit to throw a non-existent John Doe off your property used to be the only way to establish a clear right to the property when legal title was uncertain. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. All right. So it so is a fictitious entity. Yes, and you have to have that if they don't know who the guy is. Correct. So now, when you were born, they created a legal fiction, mm. a straw man who is a corporate identity yes. but isn't really you. Now, this isn't conspiracy for those who are uninformed on these issues. This is a fact, all right? So, here you have Merriam-Webster's Dictionary of the Law, and I'm not going to read all this. I mean, there's pages and pages of it, so people can read it for themselves. Once you get into this, it gets very, very interesting because it affects the state, mm -hmm. which can also become a legal fiction by getting another identity, and it affects the individual. Now, let's have a look at the state. This is very interesting. Abraham Lincoln establishes an executive order. What are executive orders? Now, you remember Donald Trump mm -hmm. loved executive orders, and uh, Joe Biden has said he will sign many executive orders when he becomes president. Yes. 85 years after the independence of the United States, seven southern nation states of America walked out of the second session 
of the 36th Congress on March 27, 1861. In so doing, the constitutional due process quorum necessary for Congress to vote was lost, and, and Congress was adjourned sine die or without day. That means it was adjourned, it was no longer a legal entity because there was no quorum. quorum. And the Constitution says there has to be a quorum. So there was no government anymore. This meant that there was no lawful quorum to set a specific day and time to reconvene, which according to Robert's rules of order, dissolved Congress. Mm. This dissolution automatically took place because there are no provisions within the Constitution allowing the passage of any congressional vote without a quorum of the states. There was no more government. Yeah. So what did they do? Lincoln's second executive order of April 1861 called Congress back into session days later, but not under the lawful authority or lawful due process of the Constitution. Couldn't be done, there was no quorum. Solely in his capacity as Commander-in-Chief of the U.S. military, Lincoln called Congress into session under authority of martial law. Since April of 1861, Congress has not met based on lawful due process. The current con Congress is a legal fiction. Now you understand where we're going? Yes. Based on nothing more meritorious than, yay, so what are you going to do about it? Having a monopoly on the currency law and what passes for government and most of the world's firepower, the motto of the powers that be is, We've got what it takes to take what you've got. So the government is a legal fiction. fiction. It is legal, but it's, but not, it's lawful. not lawful. Mm. Are you with me? Yes. So now you've set up a system that is not lawful, but operates because it's legal. Yeah. Okay. Let's continue. So there are many legal fiction laws which justify war, etc. You can interfere in any process if you work like this. Every president of the United States since Lincoln has functioned by executive orders issued from a military martial law jurisdiction with only law being the law of necessity. That is, war powers. That's how they operate. The war powers are nothing new. Indeed, they have been operational from the instant the first man thought that he would hide from God. Try to cheat ethical and natural law by overreaching, invade the space and territory of others, covet other people's land or property, steal the fruits of their labor, and attempt to succeed in life by win-lose games. All existing authority in the United States today derives exclusively from war powers. It's a legal fiction. Yeah. And everybody thinks it is lawful. No, it's yeah. not. It's legal. Cool. 
Truman's reaffirmation of the operational authority under the war powers begins. Now, therefore, I, Harry S. Truman, President of the United States of America, acting under and by virtue of the authority vested in me by Section 5B of the Trading with the Enemy Act. You see that it's martial law? Yeah. Of October 6, 1917-40, Statute 415, as amended, Section 5B of Appendix to Title 50 and Section 4 of the Act of March 9, 1993, 48, Statute 2, uh, Sick Transit Rights, Substance, Truth, Justice, Peace and Freedom in America, the Land of the Free and the Home of the Brave. So he's taken the power, mm-hmm. but Legally only, not lawfully. Yeah, and under martial. It's not according to the Constitution. So now basically what that means, that what has been happening in politics is to a very large degree a charade, Mm. a charade, if you want to pronounce it that way. And therefore... We could go further into this, but now we have to first look at the individuals. I'm going to go down. This applies to all the states as well. They have the same thing. The present situation in America, a legal person equals a legal fiction. What does that mean? One of the terms used predominantly by the present civil government and courts in America is legal person. Just what is a legal person? Some definitions are a legal person is a body of persons or an entity as a corporation considered as having many of the rights and responsibilities of a natural person and especially the capacity to sue and be sued. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary of the Law. So you can be a legal person and actually be a corporation, not be a person at all. You can be a straw man. Mm. That's exactly what What? the world has done with you. And this is how the economics of the world works. And that is why we have to understand it to some extent. Mm -hmm. It is so so (laughs) huge that, you know, it'll take a lifetime of study to get to the base of it. But uh, basically, governments Mm -hmm. and individuals can be the real issue, the real thing, or a fictional issue and they can be both so if you have the united states of america as a sovereign nation anybody living in that nation is a free man if he is born there and wouldn't be subject to anything any payments you with me yeah but if you register that same united states of america as a corporation in another country Mm -hmm. then it is a foreign entity are you with Correct, me? Yes. If you take the individual and you link him to the foreign company, the yeah. United States of America Corporation, but still it says United States of America, then you're also a foreigner because you're registered in a foreign entity yes. and you must pay taxes. Tax, yeah. Because the foreigner pays taxes. Mm. So in other words, the devil is playing the legal game, but he's not lawful. Yes. He's exploiting you. Correct. Now, how does he do this? This is amazing. 
Now, Martin, let's just get to the individual. Mm. So we've seen that governments are either lawful, but they can also be legal, which doesn't mean that they're lawful. Yeah. Let's look at the individual. Since the early 1960s, this is talking about the United States of America, but it's the same for every country in the in world. The world, yes. State governments themselves especially created juristic corporate persons signified by all caps. Mm. If you take your credit card, the name is written in all caps. Mm. If it were written with a uppercase, rest lowercase wording, which is the correct one, it would be the credit card of the natural person. Yes. But because it's written in caps, mm -hmm. it's the credit card of the corporate person, yeah. the straw man that doesn't really exist. That legal fiction. That legal fiction. So, themselves specially created juristic corporate persons signified by all caps have issued birth certificates to persons. Now remember, you can have this sauna, this mask, mm -hmm. and not be the real you. With legal fiction, all caps names. This is not a lawful record of your physical birth, but rather the birth of the juristic all caps name. It may appear to be your true name, but since no proper name is ever written in all caps, either lawfully or grammatically, it does not identify who you are. The birth certificate is the government's self-created document of title for its new property. Mm. That is the deed of the juristic name artificial person whose all caps name mirrors your true name. It mirrors it. Mirrors, yeah. It is an image. <laughs> Yes. The birth certificate brings the new all caps name into colorable admiralty maritime law the same way a ship and ship of state is birthed. So you have become an entity mm. and you don't belong to yourself. Self. You belong to the government. Yes, that's legal fiction of you. That's the legal fiction that they created. Now and then you go to the hospital and you actually give your date of birth, they give a name, yeah. and your parents give a name, and your weight is recorded. We'll come to that in a moment. I don't know if you're going to mention it, but come to think of it, you mentioned the bank, your credit card. Yes. If it was under the capital uh, first letter, the normal, the legal, uh, the lawful person, yes. they were, they could not charge you any interest. They wouldn't be able to charge yeah. you interest, because no, because that man. would be usury, mm. correct. Uh, there is actually a way to go about it, but they've stopped most of those courts. There are still some courts where you could fight to get back your, your real identity, which has been stolen at birth without you knowing it. So it says here, it is not difficult to see that a state-created birth certificate with an all-caps name is a document evidencing debt the moment it is issued. Once a state has registered a birth document with the United States Department of Commerce, the department notifies the Treasury Department, which takes out a loan from the Federal Reserve. Mm. The Treasury uses the loan to purchase a bond, 
the Fed holds a purchase money security interest in the bond. Now, Martin, this might all seem disjointed and disconnected, but this is the crux of the matter. This is the, the fiction that has been created, this falsehood that is peddled as truth. Mm -hmm. This is the devil's strategy. It is amazing. Yeah. And it is legal, but it is not lawful. Yeah. Who do you belong to? To God. Did he purchase you? Yes. Did he pay a high price for you? Yeah, with his blood. So does anyone have the right to create an entity out of you? No. All right, let's go and read this carefully from the beginning. It is not difficult to see that a state-created birth certificate with an all-caps name is a document evidencing debt the moment it is issued. Okay. Once a state has registered a birth document with the United States Department of Commerce, the department notifies the Treasury Department, which takes out a loan from the Federal Reserve. Yeah. So every time someone is born, mm -hmm. You send in the application, and a few days later, yeah. uh, you get the birth certificate. If you take one out in this country, the Reserve Bank is on it. Yes. And you ask yourself the question, excuse me, what is the Reserve Bank got to do with my birth certificate, right? Yeah. So the same here. You have they been bought you. They bought you. It's an entity. Yeah. Now, so they take out a loan. The Treasury uses the loan to purchase a bond. Yeah. And then the Fed holds a purchase money security interest in the bond. Or any reserve bank in any country will do the same. Yeah. That's how the monetary system has been Central set up. Central bank, yeah. Okay. Now, what happens then? From the Department of Commerce which invests the sale proceeds in the stock or bond market. Yeah. So now this money that has been given from the Fed or from a reserve bank mm -hmm. to the government is invested in the stock exchange yes. and anybody can trade with that name, with that bond. Yeah. So you have become an entity on the stock okay. market. And people can invest in that bond because it is tradable and it can become worth millions. Yeah. So even if you are a useless person in society, you still have generated a huge amount of money. Mm. Now in actual fact, how much money? Mm -hmm. It's interesting that your weight is recorded and it's yes. normally recorded in ounces, ounces. and pounds. Yeah. And the gold standard, standard is also mm. in ounces and pounds. And in actual fact, the amount of money that is set aside at your birth is your exact gold worth in weight. In weight. Have you ever heard the, the statement, that man is worth his weight in gold? Yes. Well, this is literally the case. Yeah. So you are born actually very wealthy according to the system. Yeah. But let's continue. The Treasury Department then issue, issues Treasury securities in the forms of Treasury bonds, notes, and bills using the bonds as surety for the new securities. This also 
means that the bankrupt corporate USA, because the USA is actually bankrupt, can guarantee to the purchasers of their security the lifetime labor and tax revenue of every citizen of the United States of America with a birth certificate as collateral for payment. So you've become collateral. Yeah. But even if you never pay taxes, you've already generated money on the stock exchange. Yes. And from the bond and by your weight. Wait. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, very. This device is initiated simply by converting the lawful true name of the child into a legal heuristic name of a person. So when the Bible says every bondman and every free man, we're all bondmen, mm -hmm. except those that are freemen. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to pay taxes. I'm wondering which of the high flyers don't have to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. Let's read on. Legally, you are considered to be a slave or indentured servant to the various federal, state, and local governments via your state-issued and state-created birth certificate in the name of your all-caps person. Mm. And that is linked directly to the banking system. Yes. Because that's where the money flows. Mm -hmm. That's why all your transactions... Whatever you purchase, whatever you do, is always in capitals, and you sign it yes. with your signature. Yes, so then you take responsibility for it. But the signature is not you as a free person. The signature belongs to the straw person. Because if it was really you, it wouldn't be a signature, it would be an autograph. Okay. When you go to a superstar, do you say, please give me your signature? Yeah. No, you're talking to the real person. You say, may I have your <laughs> autograph? Can you see how important language is? Yes. And that's why the language in the Bible yeah. becomes so important. It is so very precise. Like I said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, yes. ye must be born again. Mm -hmm. The thee is addressing the individual, the free man. The ye is addressing everyone. If that is not in there, it is dubious. Exactly. So how dubious can it become? Mm -hmm. You're in a court of law and the judge wants to find you responsible for a outstanding debt, whatever that is, mm. right? And he says, I find you He's guilty. Mm -hmm. Well, then you should ask him, thine honor, to which of the plurality of you are you referring to? Because you is plural. It's just become singular or plural in the day-to-day -day language, language, but legally mm -hmm. you is plural. Mm -hmm. So then I have to say, to which of the plurality of individuals are thee referring to? To the free man mm -hmm. or to the straw man? Yes, the legal fiction. The legal fiction. Now the one who owes the money is always the legal fiction mm -hmm. because you signed with your signature. signature. Now what if you never signed? Then, then you don't have a contract. Correct. 
and somebody who is a legal fiction doesn't exist, so they could never force you to pay it, right? Yeah. But they do because they can get away with it legally, but not lawfully. Yes. <laughs> Are we confusing everybody? I, I hope they're keeping up because I, I'm I'm still keeping up. So <laughs> I'm confusing myself. <laughs> but this is how it works. Yeah. And also. The very words you use are very important. A representative. Mm. Shall we appoint a representative for you? Mm. That means you're appointing someone else. Yeah. Now, wh when you put pen to paper with your signature, who's got the pen in his hand? You. You have. Yes. The free man the has free the man pen has in his it. hand. What are you signing? Well, you're signing I'm on behalf of the? The legal fiction. Legal fiction. Yes. All right. So now you've signed on behalf of the legal fiction. So you become surety for, for the, the legal, legal fiction. fiction. So if the legal fiction becomes guilty of something, the one who has signed surety is the one who goes to jail. Yes. Right? Yeah. If you borrow money from the bank and your father signed surety for mm -hmm. you and you refuse to pay, you're the one in the wrong, but he's, but he's the one that goes to jail. Right, yes. Same here. Yes. So the legal fiction is guilty of not paying X, Y, Z, therefore the surety goes to jail, which is the free man. Yes. So what you should say to the judge is, which of the two you are you finding guilty here? Mm. Because I, the free man, refuse to stand in for the straw man. Uh, thine honor, I appoint thee to represent the straw man. Who goes to jail then? <laughs> the he <judge>. goes. <laughs> he goes to jail. So he would better throw the case out yeah. than to go on with it. But this becomes, you know, uh, uh, yes. it becomes a game. Yeah. It becomes a game. So let's read what it says here. Legally, you are considered to be a slave or indentured servant to various federal, state and local governments via your state-issued and state-created birth certificate in the name of your all-caps person. Birth certificates are issued so that the issuer can claim exclusive title to the legal person created thereby. So the government owns Aren't you. you. This is further compounded when one voluntarily obtains a driver's license or a social security account number. The state even owns your personal and private life through your state-issued marriage license certificate issued in the all-caps name. You have no rights in birth, marriage or even death. Yeah. Nothing. The state holds title to all legal persons the state creates via birth certificates until the rightful owner, i.e. you, reclaims, redeems it by becoming the holder in due course of the instrument. Mm. You can fight a legal battle to get your to free man status, status back. And then everything would have to be transferred to you. You would probably have to pay for that. Mm. and has to be written in the non-caps form in order to be legally yours. So who owns everything? The well, the question is, who do the corporations belong to? Because they're registered somewhere. Mm. Now, under whose auspices are they registered? They're registered under the crown. Okay. No matter where you are in the world, because the, the British Empire was everywhere. They're registered under the crown. So the crown 
possesses the land. You may live in the house on your property. You may pay the taxes. But if you forfeit it, the, the land belongs to the crown. But didn't you do a lecture in showing that the crown belongs to Rome? That is very important that we know that. Because historically, the crown was ceded to Rome. So Rome actually owns everything. And that has never been rescinded. Because the crown yeah. of the queen or the king of England was put back on her or his yes. head only on condition. Yes, they they borrowing or, or leasing it. Or they are leasing it. Leasing yes. the crown. They are leasing bank. it from the real owner. Yeah. And which is Rome. Rome. Now uh, that lecture was called The Beamable Sustainable Princes. Princes. Now, that was a very old lecture of mine. But oh. in any case, this is, this is all very fascinating stuff. Yeah, now, that, but this, like what you just um, told us now, and linking it with that, yo, it just makes so much sense. Now. But now we're going to cut, get into, we still have to get into what's happening in the world right now yeah, yeah. and the reset. This is right? the introduction. Okay. <laughs> so l let's just get this straight. Governments get their money how? Through your birth. Yes. How did they get it before? It was upon the gold standard. Uh, right? Mm -hmm. But all governments are bankrupt. Yes. And therefore they have no gold. Who has the gold then? The crown. The one who has, the, and it's the crown. Mm. And who owns the crown? Wrong. Church. All right. So all governments are bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Every single one. And the money that is flowing in the economy is based on your straw man. Yeah. That's the econ economy and that's the worth of the economies of the world today. Now, Congress still convening strictly under executive order authority confirmed the bankruptcy through the joint resolution to suspend the gold standard and abrogate the gold clause, June 5, 1933. So since then, they're all bankrupt. Yeah. And they have loans based on the straw men yeah. that they have created, okay. which initiate a bond, which is traded on the stock, stock exchange. Okay. okay. We don't have to go into any more detail. So since 1933, the only assets used by the United States to pay its debt to the Fed have been the blood, sweat, and tears of every American unfortunate to be saddled with a birth certificate and a social security number. That's how they pay their debts. Mm -hmm. And that's why they continue going. And the debt can increase Reese. and increase and increase. But at some stage, mm -hmm. the bubble must burst. Yes. That's our introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so now we can actually say what is going to happen in the Great Reset. Yes. So let's just briefly summarize. All governments are actually corporations. All individuals are actually corporations. corporations. Belonging to those governments. Yes. And all of the actual possessions the owner are the property of the crown. Yes. And the crown own, is owned by Rome. Mm -hmm. 
So all roads lead to Rome. The entire world economy is linked to Rome. And if we understand that, we can see why all the kings of the world Mm -hmm. and all the merchants of the world have no other way of dealing with issues other than through Rome. Yes. Okay. So what we have established is that the systems of government and commerce are so interlinked that they cannot be separated. Mm. Whether one goes, the other one goes. The banking system is involved at every level and the powers that be, the crown, eventually Rome in the ultimate, hiding behind the crown, they always have front organizations, are the real owners of everything. Of everything. That's how it works. Now, once all of these systems have become corrupted, and once the divide between rich and poor has become so great that it's no longer sustainable, and once the debt has accumulated to such an extent Mm -hmm. that it can no longer be repaid, then there must be a crash. Yes. And the question we have to ask ourselves is where are we in the stream of time and how do the issues that are taking place in the world now fit into this picture and how does it fit into the prophetic picture? Yes. We've established that everything is based on a legal basis which is not lawful. Yes. And that's how the devil works. And he's using his great intellect to bring about a system where the first beast will be honored again as it was honored before the mortal wound. Yes. Only now on a universal scale. And this is what prophecy is all about. And we are at the very tip of the toes of Daniel. And we must now look at the great reset and look at what the economists are saying and what the World Economic Forum is saying and what the papacy is saying. And people have no idea that the papacy is behind it all. No. But that is what prophecy tells us. Yes. And that is how we must show them how it is interconnected. And then they will hopefully understand what comprises Babylon. Not only the religious entities, but the political and the economic issues as well. Yeah, hopefully that can can put some um, sense in everything that's happening. Because yes. now every all this is happening. You've got this financial problems or economic problems and all this. Now, if you have a clear understanding of how you have been duped, mm. wouldn't you want to separate from the system? At least spiritually, spiritually. and intellectually, even yes. if you cannot do it physically. But at least you know. At least you know. And that is what we want to discuss in part two. So now we'll get to the real nitty-gritty of what has been happening and why it has been happening. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this issue is so large that nobody will ever to fully comprehend what is happening. It will take eternity to unravel all the intricacies. We are dealing with a great intellect of a great enemy of the government of God. 
And God is calling his people to follow the word and the word only. And even here, he has managed to bring in so much deception that people cannot recognize the covenant of God for what it is. Give us insight and understanding is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching this video. To subscribe, click here. When the bell appears, click again to get notifications. To watch the next video, click here. Thank you.